everybody, and welcome back to the Carolina Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Turner, back again with another pod. And guys, didn't even really expect to do this one. This is something I pretty much just decided on a whim I was going to do after Carolina um, went up to Michigan last night, Ann Arbor, Michigan, to be more specific, and got kind of beat down a little bit, 84-67 loss for the Tar Heels. It's the Tar Heels' biggest loss since the Michigan State defeat uh, last season earlier in the year uh, in November. And before that, you have to go all the way back to the 2012-2013 season when the Tar Heels lost to Indiana uh, by, I believe, 24 points. So Carolina, not a good look for them last night. Um, Didn't play very well. Michigan's a, a very, very good team especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think we saw that last night for the for the most part. I think Michigan showed why they're 7-0, number 7 in the country. They showed why they you know, were able to beat Villanova by over 20 points, why they were um, undefeated in the first place. I mean, it's kind of funny but because besides Villanova and North Carolina, Michigan hasn't really played anybody. And I know in the first half last night, watching Michigan when Carolina started off really well, I wasn't really impressed with what the Wolverines were doing. They looked like they lacked energy. They looked like a team who was kind of slow, kind of sluggish. But in the second half, give credit to Michigan and Jim Beilon for, for coming out and, and putting a game plan together and, and just kind of pushing Carolina to a point of no return in a lot of ways because Michigan got up by 20 points and you know Carolina was never going to come back from that. They cut it to about 10 or 11 at one point. The Tar Heels didn't in the second half, but it really wasn't enough and as we saw in Roy Williams' press conference last night, he was extremely frustrated, extremely frustrated with his team, uh, put all the blame on himself and his coaching, which we've come accustomed to by the Hall of Famer. Um, and you kind of expect that from Roy Williams, but like Kenny Williams said in, in his uh, player interview after the game last night, it's not down to Coach Williams. Uh, he basically came out and said he wanted to go in, in the press conference when he heard that and tell Coach, no, it, it's not you, it's us. And I agree with, with Kenny Williams in a lot of ways. I think Roy Williams still has some tweaking to do with the lineups. We it's, it's November. We know that Coach Williams is always going to try different lineups no matter what the score is, put in different combinations, so he knows what works and what doesn't work going into ACC play, which is the most important part of the season for North Carolina. So I understand why Coach Williams was so frustrated. I understand why Kenny Williams said what he said because when it comes down to it, the players are put in a position to be successful and they haven't been able to go out there against bigger opponents like Texas and Michigan. Played well against UCLA. That's kind of the outlier. But against te- Texas and Michigan, the two other difficult games they've had this year, um, Carolina has just not looked very good at times. And I know the defeat last night, a 17-point defeat for North Carolina, was a lot worse than the Texas defeat when Carolina only lost by three. But still, you know, the Tar Heels just didn't do enough on the defensive side, I think that's where Coach Williams is, is super frustrated. And where he's the most frustrated is the defensive play from this team. Because like he said throughout the beginning of the season so far, this team has the potential to be a really, really good defensive unit. But they just haven't bought in yet for whatever reason. It's a younger team in terms of, you know, you got a lot of underclassmen on this team, including three really talented freshmen. But you've also got guys like Sterling Manley, Garrison Brooks, Andrew Playtech, even Brandon Robinson, Seventh Woods, that are younger guys, guys that are um, not as experienced and, and haven't played as much minutes as as maybe uh, Kenny Williams, Luke May, Cam Johnson. So 
those seniors are at fault as well. They've got to buy in a little bit more. They've got to lead this team a little bit better, which I know they, they know and, and, and I know that they're trying to do. I know it's not a problem that I'm worried about at all. But there is a lot of younger guys, a lot of sophomores, freshmen, and even a few juniors on this team that are still trying to learn, still trying to improve, and chill. still are struggling Excuse me, to buy in to what Roy Williams wants, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because we know this Carolina team can score. And I think it was just a little bit of double trouble last night. Michigan's defense, with Carolina's lack of defense, was really the reason that you only saw the Tar Heels score 67 points, because the Tar Heels have been one of the highest scoring teams in the country this season so far, averaging like 94, 95 points per game. So this game was a big outlier, and a lot of that had to do with Michigan and their defense, so you have to give credit to them, but Carolina just wasn't very efficient on the offensive end and on the defensive end. I mean, Carolina only shot 39% from the field. A lot of that had to do with Michigan's defense. Then you look at Michigan. They shot 57% from the field. Now, I know Michigan is a good defensive team, but they're not an elite offensive team, so the fact that they shot 57% from the floor shows me that Carolina wasn't playing hard on defensive end. They struggled with the screens that Michigan was setting. They struggled with the switches they, that they needed to do in order to successfully defend Michigan, uh, especially on the perimeter. But the main thing was they just didn't play with a lot of intensity. And we've seen this from Carolina over the past few seasons. Um, going back to 2012, like I said, in the Indiana game, Carolina struggles a lot early in November. It's no coincidence that that Carolina's three biggest margins of defeat in the past seven seasons have come, all come in November. So Carolina is always, and Roy Williams is always trying to switch things, like I mentioned, with lineups. He's always going to stick to his guns early in the season because he's trying to see what works and what doesn't going into ACC play because that's Carolina's biggest priority. And I think the fact that Carolina's non-conference schedule doesn't get any easier. I mean, they've got big, big games coming up over the next few weeks, including the UNCW, which is not going to be easy. Then they've got Gonzaga coming to Chapel Hill, the number one team in the country right now. And then right after that, they've got to go to Chicago and play number 10 Kentucky before everything kind of starts to die down for a couple of games before ACC play starts on January 5th uh, in Pittsburgh. So Carolina's schedule over the next few weeks doesn't get any easier. It gets harder, to be completely honest with you. But this was Carolina's first true road test. The Wofford game, I know, Elon game were on the road, but those weren't anywhere near the level of competition that you're going to get with Michigan. I mean, they were in the Final Four last year for a reason. This is a good team. This is a really, really well-coached team, a team that plays hard. And I think if this game is in Chapel Hill, it probably turns out a little different. I think Carolina could still lose the game, but the margin of, uh, of defeat wouldn't be as big. I would highly doubt that. But the main reason I wanted to come on this podcast, now that I've kind of broke down the game a little bit, is... To kind of calm people down a little bit, guys, I did a little three takeaways a few minutes ago, probably about 30 minutes ago on my Twitter at Jacob Turner, T-H-I, and the first takeaway I had from last night's defeat is, guys, it's November, so stop freaking out. Take a chill pill. Relax a little bit. Carolina is going to be fine. Carolina will figure this out. Coach Williams will figure this out. Like I've said, Carolina loses a lot early in the season. It's not something we uh, are not accustomed to. I know a 18-point defeat is not what you want to see from a from a talented Tar Heel team like they have, especially with some of the comments Roy Williams made about how successful this team can be, and he really believes this team has the potential to win a national championship. And I think that's one of the reasons you saw him so frustrated last night was the fact that he knows how good this team can be, but they're just not buying in on the defensive end of the ball. And until they do that, Carolina's not going to reach their goals of a national championship, and the players know that, I think. 
the seniors on this team, Luke May, Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams, they know this. They're the leaders. They're going to get this team back on track. There's too much talent on the roster, anywhere from Kobe White and Azir Little to the upperclassmen, like I said, with Kenny Cam and Luke. And then you've got guys in the middle, Garrison Brooks, Sterling Manley. They can they come in seventh. The Lids has had a good season so far. Brandon Robinson is a, is a solid role player. So Carolina's got the tools. They have the weapons to be successful, but they've got to put it all together. And that's why you play such a hard schedule, I think. You know, Roy Williams is is notoriously known for for always testing his team early in the year. I mean, Carolina has the hardest non-conference schedule in the country. And if you expected Carolina to go into ACC play undefeated, then I think you're a little bit naive. Because, I mean, you can just look at Carolina's schedule right now. And before they even get to ACC play, Carolina has to play four top 15 teams, or excuse me, top 20 teams, and they've already played two of them, UCLA and Michigan. They beat UCLA, and they lost to Michigan last night. They ended up losing to Texas as well, but Texas is a team that I think is going to be ranked here soon. And then the two other ranked opponents you have to play before ACC play is the number one team in the country in Gonzaga, like I've mentioned, and then Kentucky on the next day, you know, arch rival, top 10 team in Kentucky, who I think is a little bit down this year, but still a really talented team uh, for the most part. So Carolina's schedule is difficult. They were always going to lose games, especially when you schedule true road games at Michigan in a hostile environment against a really, really well-coached and really good defensive team, best defensive team in the country statistically. I mean, come on, guys. It's, it was always going to be very, very difficult, if almost impossible, for Carolina not to lose some of these games. And I think the Texas loss was a little bit more disappointing than this one. I called and predicted that Carolina would win this last night on a close margin. I think... Based on how they played in the first half, I was like, okay, I think this is, I'm still pretty happy with my prediction, but things got really out of hand quickly. And I think by the, you know, 16, 17 minute mark, Carolina was just getting waxed. Um, and, and Michigan had kind of just ran away with it and ended it. So give credit to Michigan for coming out in the second half and putting um, Carolina and kind of just step stomping on the throats of the Tar Heels and just ending the game early. You got to give respect to them. I mean, like I said, Carolina cut it to about 11 points, I think, but. I mean, they never threatened. Michigan was never going to let them back in the game. If you get behind by 20 points to a really, really good defensive team like Michigan, it's almost impossible to come back. So, like I said, difficult loss for Carolina last night, 84-67 to in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Let's go ahead and break down the stats a little bit, kind of looking and see who played well for Carolina, who played well for Michigan, and kind of we can get a little bit better of an idea of why Carolina um, wasn't very successful on the offensive end and why they ended up losing uh, by 17 points, which is something you don't uh, often see from a Rory Williams coach team and a North Carolina uh, team in general. So let's check out the stats right now. Leading scorer for North Carolina last night, freshman point guard Kobe White again. thought he played okay last night like pretty much anybody on Carolina. Nobody played great for North Carolina last night. Uh, but Kobe White led all scores, played 25 minutes, shot 50% from the field, so not bad for him, definitely had the best uh, shooting percentage last night for the Tar Heels. Finished with 12 points, uh, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, and, and only 1 turnover. So not a bad night from Kobe White, but the whole team in general just didn't play very well. Carolina finished with 4 guys in double figures. All the, uh, well excuse me, not all the seniors. Cam Johnson only finished with 5 points. He was only 2 for 7 shooting. Played 30 minutes. Kenny Williams, 11 points, uh, 29 minutes of play. 4 for 7 from the field. 3 from 5 for 3. So Kenny Williams... Make no mistakes about it. Still in a little bit of a shooting slump right now, but it's good to see his shooting percentage go up a little bit more. I mean, he shot 
over 50% last night from the field. You'd like to see Kenny Williams take more than seven shots, but still, Kenny Williams starting to improve a little bit from from um, from three and just from the field in general. Garrison Brooks had 10 points for the Tar Heels. He started off the game really well and then kind of dipped down. I remember he had like four quick points for the Tar Heels in, in the first like two minutes or so of the game and then only scored six points the rest. So don't let his double-digit performance fool you. He had seven rebounds. So not a horrible performance by Garrison Brooks, but I said this on Twitter today. I just think that Garrison Brooks and Sterling Manley, the two big men for North Carolina, had did not improve in the offseason, like Roy Williams has said, as much as he, Coach Williams, would have liked to. And I think that's one of the reasons Carolina has struggled a little bit this season because, you know, Texas is an athletic tall team. Michigan has some athletic tall guys, and Carolina just hasn't really been able to, to cope with that. So I think Carolina's ability and reliability on the likes of their big men in Garrison Brooks, Luke May, Sterling Manley is something that can hurt them at times. But I think that the fact that Brooks and Manley more specifically didn't and haven't shown that they've improved a whole lot from last year is kind of hurting the Tar Heels right now. And you just hope that Roy Williams can can get them and motivate them and show them the way a little bit more over the next few weeks going into ACC play because we need two talented big men in Manley and Brooks because you know what Luke May is kind of going to give you every night. I mean, he hasn't started off the season spectacularly in All-American fashion like we kind of expected, but he's had a decent start to the season. I mean, Luke May finished last night 11 points, 15 rebounds, so a double-double for him. And if he can get a double-double every night, Carolina's going to be successful. So Luke May, 4-for-12 shooting, I think that's the worst stat for Luke May. He started off kind of well, played relatively well, had some tough shots in the first half. But in the second half, like the whole team did, he he kind of faltered. But Luke May played the most minutes on the team, uh, 33 minutes for for May, the, the senior out of Charlotte. But the fact that he only shot uh, about 33% from the field is just not what you want from uh, your All-American, preseason All-American guy, preseason All-ACC Player of the Year guy in Luke May. So he's got to improve too, but the whole team has to improve. And the starting five last night of May, Brooks, Johnson, Williams, and White didn't it didn't really do a lot. And I think that that's one of the reasons that Carolina struggled so much last night and why they weren't able to come out with a, a victory and why they ended up really getting blown out in the long run. If you look at the bench for North Carolina, Nazir Little only played 16 minutes. I was not impressed with Nazir Little last night. He looked a little timid. He looked a little nervous. He looked like he just wasn't too confident in himself, and that's not what you expect from Nazir Little. But like I said, the whole team just looked out all out of sorts last night, and give credit to Michigan for that. Nazir Little, 16 minutes, only had four points, only had one rebound, no assist, one turnover. So Assist to turnover margin, not very good. One for five from the field. Not a good night from Nazir Little. We saw uh, Roy Williams clear the bench at one point in the game. Second half as well. Brandon Huffman played four minutes. Manley only played four minutes. I think that kind of shows you all you need to know about how much or how little, excuse me, Sterling Manley has improved in the offseason. That's not a good sign for Carolina. I mean, Sterling Manley, four minutes, only shot the ball one time and had zero points. So, obviously, Coach Williams not happy with Manley last night. Um, Walker Miller, Shea Rush each had played a minute. Then you got your typical role players, Brandon Robinson, Seventh Woods. Robinson played 10 minutes, Woods played 12 minutes, but they only combined for seven points total, and they both had a turnover too. So as you can kind of see from just breaking down the stats, Carolina, nobody on this roster played very well. Even going down to a freshman, everybody seems to love Leaky Black, who I think is going to be really good too. Even Coach Williams has said, Leaky's going to be really good in the future. He only played eight minutes, one from three from the floor, three points, and one turnover, no assist 
two rebounds. So not a great day for anybody, like I've mentioned previously a lot in this podcast. And that's one of the reasons Carolina pretty much ended up getting blown out. And like I've said, if you shoot 39% from the field, you're not going to beat anybody unless you're playing a, a lower level team um, that you just can kind of show up almost being North Carolina and, and win. So let's look at Michigan stats real quick before we move on. Um, leading scorer last night for the Wolverines was their big man, Ignas Brazdikis. I think I pronounced that right. If I didn't, I apologize. Um, six, seven guy, not a huge guy, true freshman. Um, had a really good night last night. I mean, he's averaging 17 points this season, so he's a big, big scorer for them. Uh, Brazdikis ended up with 24 points, played 32 minutes, nine for 13 shooting. So great night for him. Also had five rebounds, one assist, no turnovers. And if, you know, if Michigan can get that out of a freshman, they're going to be a really tough team to beat, especially with the fact that he's already averaging 17 points a game. So good performance by him. And second leading scorer for Michigan was Charles Matthews, the senior guard, 6'6", out of Chicago, Illinois. He's averaging about 15 points on the season right now. So two of their best scorers were the guys that led the team. So kind of what you expected going into the game. Uh, He played 34 minutes, did Matthews, 7 for 12 shooting, 7 rebounds, um, only one assist for him, but he had 21 points and three turnovers too. So statistically, Michigan was led by their two scores, two guys that you would expect to put up big points. And then you've also got the likes of Jordan Poole, sophomore guard, 6'5 out of Milwaukee. As you can kind of see, this is a tall Michigan team. Even the guards, two of them are 6'5 and 6'6. Six, six. He's averaging about 10 points per game right now for the Wolverines, but he had 18 last night for Michigan. Also had five rebounds. Uh, four assists and on six for 13 shooting as well. So a good night overall. I mean, Michigan only plays eight guys. I mean, if you look at Carolina, Carolina last night pretty much literally played the whole team. I think everybody got in last night. You got the typical starting five. You got Nazir Little, Huffman, Manley, Walker Miller, Shea Rush, Brandon Robinson, Seventh Woods, Andrew Playtech, KJ Smith, Leaky Black, and Caleb Ellis all at least got one minute of play. So I think that kind of showcases how frustrated Roy Williams last night was because of the fact that he cleared the whole bench at one point. If everybody knows, every Carolina fan knows, if you see Roy Williams clear the bench, oh, is he pissed off. So statistically, you can understand why Carolina lost. I mean, basketball is a pretty simple game. You got to score the ball. The team shoots over 50% from the field and you shoot below 40%. Nine times out of 10, you're going to lose that game. So Michigan played better than North Carolina defensively. They played better than North Carolina offensively. They had more energy than North Carolina for most of the night. They looked like a better coach team than, like Roy Williams said, for most of the night. And that's why you saw Carolina pick up their seventh, or excuse me, second loss of the season last night in eight games. They're sitting at six and two right now and two and one on the road. Michigan still undefeated, four and oh, in Ann Arbor at the Chrysler Center. So, real quick before I end the podcast, I want to keep this one relatively short. I know we're already over 20 minutes with it, but we'll go ahead and just real quickly look at my three takeaways that I tweeted over at Jacob Turner THI. Be sure to follow me over there on Twitter and also be sure to follow us on Twitter at Carolina Talk Pod. If you want to ever find those two Twitters, you can if you can find Carolina Talk Pod, which I'm sure most of you guys have found and where you're getting a lot of these podcasts and, and seeing when the latest ones are, are released. You can usually if you just go on the Carolina Talk feed, the news feed for Carolina Talk, the profile, you can find um, a bunch of retweets from my main account at Jacob Turner THI. So be sure to follow both of those if you have it. Constantly tweeting, updating stats, giving my opinions on Carolina, you know, inside access, coverage, breaking news, all that kind of stuff. So definitely encourage you to follow that. And since I've been 
interning with Target Illustrated, I'm always writing a story after you know football games, uh, basketball games that I've been able to get access to. So be sure to go over there and check us out, and also be sure to check out NorthCarolina.Rivals.com, and that's all insider information. And definitely sign up too if you want to get some really really good inside information. We got cool news forums over there at Tar Heel Illustrated. You know, people interact all the time, big time Carolina fans. You get inside access, you get breaking news even before it's released. So be sure to go over there and sign up if you haven't. It's not too expensive and it's definitely, definitely worth it if you are a diehard Carolina fan, which I assume everyone listening is. So three biggest takeaways for me last night. Like I already said earlier in the podcast, it's November. Stop freaking out. It's going to be fine. Take a chill pill and just calm down a little bit. Relax. Just take a couple deep breaths. We're good now. Everything's going to be fine, guys. Don't worry. Two, Tar Heels need more from their singers. Luke May, Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams. They got to have more from those guys. I'm talking about scoring. Obviously, I'm talking about leadership. I'm talking about intensity on both sides of the ball. They need everything from those seniors. Those guys are too talented right now to not be getting more out of this team. I mean, Kobe White's the leading scorer on this team. He's a great scorer. We all know he's a leading scorer in North Carolina basketball history, all that jazz. But going into the season, when Carolina was really successful in the first few games, Cam Johnson and Luke May were Carolina's two leading scorers. And quite frankly, they need that again for the majority of the season if they want to be successful and, and reach their goals of a national championship. So... Second big takeaway, seniors, if you're listening, got to step up a little bit more. I know you will, but you got to do it soon. And three, it might be time to throw Nazir Little in at the starting five. And I've been frustrated, to say the least, with the amount of people on Twitter I see every game bashing Roy Williams, saying that Nazir Little has to start. I don't agree with that, especially at the beginning of the season. But I think right now, with what we've seen from Brooks and Manley, I understand why Roy has started them, has started Garrison Brooks. I think Garrison Brooks is the better player out of those two. I think it's still relatively close, but I think Garrison Brooks is the better player. But just kind of based on how they performed over the past week or so, I think maybe throwing Nazir Little in that starting lineup and just seeing how it works could benefit Carolina. I think Carolina is a better team when they play small. But Roy Williams is a big man coach. He wants to have big men in there. And ultimately, Carolina is going to be better as a team if and when they can have two big guys in that can put up big points. So I understand why Roy is trying to push with that and still trying to make that work. And I trust Roy Williams. So whatever he does next game, I don't care. I'm not going to bash him. He knows a hell of a lot better than I do. Excuse my language. But I, if I was Roy, which I'm not, and there's a reason for that. I don't have any national championships and I even got close to one. <laughs> I would maybe try Nazir Little in the starting five, but like I said, if he doesn't going in to the next game, UNCW next week, don't freak out. Please don't freak out. Nazir Little is going to be good. He's going to be fine, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see him thrown in the starting lineup, but regardless of if he is or not, I think Carolina's is going to be fine in the long run, but my prediction, going to go ahead and do it right now. I think before the end of the season, maybe even next week, uh, over the next couple weeks before ACC play, I think Nazir Little will find his way into the starting lineup and you'll start to see even more from the really, really talented uh, true freshman at North Carolina and future lottery pick for the Tar Heels. So not a good loss last night, not a good performance last night, but I'm here to calm everybody down. I'm here to tell you how it is. I'm here to tell you what I saw and what happened, and that's what I've done, and I hope you have enjoyed the last 20, 23 minutes or so of the podcast. And 
We will be back on sometime, potentially later this week. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to see how everything goes. We'll definitely be on next week with some more basketball podcasts. Uh, also talking some recruiting stuff. I know real quick, Carolina has lost quite a few recruits on the recruiting trail since Mac Brown has uh, come back into North Carolina and took over at the uh, as the new head coach of the Tar Heels. I mean, if you look at their commitments, Carolina only has 11 right now. I think they had 14 earlier in the week, 14 or 15. So they've dropped off three or four guys, and their recruiting classes dropped down from 64 to 71 right now. So it's not the best start for North Carolina in terms of, of recruiting, but Carolina's recruiting was already hurting, and we all expected when Mac Brown came in for some guys to decommit because of their relationship that they previously had with Larry Fedora and that coaching staff. But, I mean, Carolina still has some really, really good guys on this on this on their 2019 um, commitment list. I mean, they've still got their best recruit in the Josh Henderson four-star running back out of Princeton, New Jersey, is still committed. And hopefully that'll they'll continue to keep those guys. And I think they'll also pick up some guys in the in the near future. And um, I would not be surprised if, if Mac Brown, before the December signing period potentially, and even and definitely before the uh, national signing day and, and over the next few months and next year, um, I think you'll definitely see Mac Brown pick up some some four star guys, and I'm telling you guys, don't be surprised. I don't know if it'll happen this year, but 2020 class, I guarantee you there will be a five star guy in there because we all know how good of a recruiter Mac Brown is, and um, the fact that he's brought in some has already brought in a really really good assistant yesterday, in the likes of Tim Brewster was the uh, tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator at Texas A&M this past season under Jimbo Fisher was uh, at Florida State under Jimbo Fisher for a long time and was also at Carolina under Mac Brown from, I believe, 89 to 97 when he left. So he's coached under Mac Brown. He's considered one of the best recruiters in the country. It's a big pickup for North Carolina. I'm not sure what he's going to be at North Carolina under Mac Brown. I'm assuming he's probably going to be the recruiting coordinator and the tight ends coach again. So that's a big pickup for North Carolina and a great first signing for Mac Brown's staff. And definitely some more positive steps going. I mean, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic about Carolina football going into 2019. And we've got a, what, about a year. You know, we got to wait all the way to August, late August to see Carolina play again. So I'm excited for it. I wish football season could restart and we could restart with Mac Brown the 2018 season and see how things go. But not meant to be, and it's going to be exciting to see how the football team uh, improves going into next year. But like I said, we'll update you guys with some recruiting podcasts, definitely, and we'll also have some basketball podcasts for sure as it is basketball season, and that's what we will be covering for a majority of it. So, guys, thanks for listening. Real quick before I leave, want to give a shout-out to the UNC women's soccer team. Got a big, big game this weekend against Georgetown in the Final Four of the NCAA Women's College Cup. And uh, hopefully they'll get a big victory and can end up getting a, another national championship. Uh, I believe it would be over 20 now for Hanson Dorrance in the women's soccer program. So good luck to them this weekend in Cary, North Carolina. If you're in the area, go out there. Great facilities out there. Great, great high level of soccer. And uh, should be really exciting. And hopefully, like I said, Carolina can get a national championship just like the field hockey team did uh, a couple weeks ago. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. And uh, go here. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. Came to win, battle me, that's a sin I won't ever slack up, punk you better back up Try and play the role and you're the whole crew will act up Get up, stand up, come on, throw your hands up If you got the feeling, jump up, touch the ceiling Monks, let's up on fluff, someone's fucking jump Yeah, I'll bust them in the eye, and then I'll take the punks out Feeling, fuck it
down. 